0: You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share
1: our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out, and these are things that most people just aren't sharing. So, you just got back from Belgium.
0: That's actually a lie. I've been telling people I've been going to Belgium. I didn't actually go. I did go to Belgium. But then I went somewhere else. I have not been to Europe in a while. I mean, I've been to the UK, been to Paris, but not much else. Actually, I haven't Mm -hmm. been anywhere else in Europe apart from those two places now that I think about it. Interesting. So uh, I spoke at this retreat for a week, and they booked my tickets, and I flew into Brussels, Belgium. So I've been telling everybody, I'm going to Belgium, going to Belgium, going to Belgium. Family, coworkers, team, going to Belgium, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I ended up in the Netherlands. I didn't know how that happened because the retreat was closest to Brussels airport, closer than Amsterdam. And got so it. we flew into Brussels and then drove 90 minutes to the retreat, which happens to be in the Netherlands. And I, I didn't even know that we were going to the Netherlands until we got there. And we, and, and the, the, the guy, the organizer who drove me, he's like, all right, we're in the Netherlands now. I'm like, what? We're in a different country. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm like, what, like, what just happened? Cause I forgot it's the EU and there's no checkpoints. <laughs> not only are there no checkpoints, there's no signs. Even in the U.S., like you go from Colorado to whatever, what's the neighboring state of Colorado? Wyoming.
1: Wyoming, I mean, Wyoming right? Wyoming. Like there's like a welcome we saw- to
0: Wyoming. There's a sign, yeah. right? They didn't even have a welcome to the Netherlands sign. There was nothing <laughs> that would indicate we're in a different country. Anyhow, the retreat was actually in the Netherlands. Um, and yeah, uh, spent a week training a, a group of they are by profession. They are workshop facilitators. Mm. So they sell a workshop offer into corporate businesses, et cetera. Spent a week training them on positioning, uh, marketing and sales was a lot of fun and, uh, lots of interesting takeaways from the retreat. The biggest one though, I have to say a lot of the folks in the room, the vast majority of them were solo consultants or solo workshop facilitators, I think they still call themselves consultants to a certain extent, but they were solo entrepreneurs, Mm. Um, earlier stage, getting going, building their businesses. And they were taken aback, I think, by the fact that I could show up in the Netherlands for a week, spend it with them, and not have much else to do. (laughs) You know, I I think I took one client call while I was there. And I did one online workshop while I was there. So like a couple of hours really of work commitments for the entire week
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the business was running and the gears were turning and things were happening without my involvement at any level. And it reminded me, cause it's, you know, yes, I do work, right? But mm-hmm. but it reminded me that my work is no longer necessary. It could be useful, additive, beneficial, mm-hmm but not necessary to the turning of the gears of the business. Certainly when there's a problem, I want to get involved. But if everything's going well, I'm not necessary. And that dawned upon me, I think, in the sense that why do we do what we do? You know, what's becoming CEO all about? A big part of it, in my estimation, is creating the freedom, the time freedom required to go and Pursue other things within business and outside of business.
1: Freedom. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it reminds me of um <clears throat> the OG of consulting, Mr. Alan Weiss, says, and I love this quote. Uh, I can always make another dollar, I can't make another minute. And he says, you know, true wealth is discretionary time. We can do what we want with our time whether that's, you know, pouring back into the business or be with family, go to Belgium and work with a small group of entrepreneurs and the business is running, like that's that's why many of us kind of get into the game, which I I fully on board with. And I I would I would say that it's interesting that you bring that up as kind of like a topic for today because honestly I think that, you know, I got off a coaching call with a client earlier today and they're just doing too much. Like it's, I've been kind of like thinking about what do I need to do for me personally? Like what do I need to be doing to get to the next level? Or, and then like, I'm like listening to these other people. And I think it's probably more the case that we're trying to do too many things than it is like we're taking too much action versus not enough action. Where I feel like a lot of people actually think they're not taking enough action, but it's like I've actually seen the opposite to be true. It's like we're we're just literally trying to do too much stuff, mm-hmm. and that, in many cases, is creates the problem, and also simultaneously takes away from what we probably could have had and or could be having, which is the freedom, the time. One of the
0: consequences of the freedom. So for me, to use this example, Mm -hmm. going to the Netherlands, spending a week training, um, not really being involved in the day-to-day of the business, it helped me elevate my thinking to a higher level. I was thinking about things, opportunities, uh, uncovering perspectives that I would not have been able to uncover in my regular day-to-day. And I think your point about doing too much, often we look at that from a very practical like time perspective. Oh, if you're doing three things, you're going to, you know, half ass all of them and if you do one thing, you'll do better. But that's true from a spreading yourself thin from a time perspective. It's also true from a taxing your brain perspective. Like you're just oh, going yeah, to be yeah. less clear and have less energy and and not be able to think at a high enough level if you're doing too many things because the brain can only focus on so many things at once before the quality of that focus and therefore your ideas and therefore your execution goes down the drain.
1: Totally. 100%. Um, So these people were, I guess I'm curious how you said they, they were taken back by the fact that you could be there for a week. Um, How did they, how was that? How did that show up for you? Like, did they say something specific? Like, what did they say? How did they say it?
0: You know, it's funny. It's not unique to this situation, but I find that people always assume that I'm very busy. And they go, oh, well, I mean, yeah, he must be very busy. And I I don't, I try not to correct them. (laughs) The the truth is between you and me and our listeners, I'm not that busy.
1: Yeah. All right. If you're fortunate enough to be, Uh, following him on his private Instagram handle, you would know that he's not busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that doesn't mean I don't have things to do. It doesn't mean I'm going to waste time in in ways that aren't productive, but I think there's this perception and I want to debunk it, right? There's a perception that you run a successful business, seven figures, whatever it may be, multiple seven figures, that, oh, you must be slammed right? Like you must have a lot going on. Your day must be filled with meetings and commitments and this, that, and the other. And and don't get me wrong. Like I have those days and I could fill up my time with, if I really Mm -hmm. wanted to, with commitments, Mm -hmm. but it's a choice at this stage. I don't have to be busy. I choose to be busy where I find it to be productive, but I don't have Mm -hmm. to be. And I, I think that to me, this really captures the, the becoming CEO manifesto that one day Greg and I are going to write yeah. you
1: know,
0: and it, by no means have I done everything right. And by no means am I in the clear and by no means have I made it right. But yeah, but I think when you do a few things, right, you should find yourself in the position where as the CEO, you have time freedom and you're no longer necessary for the day-to-day turning of the gears of the business. And if you're not there yet, you got some work to do as a CEO.
1: That ought to be the goal. So, I, w- I want to pick at this for a second. So, um, you know, to that statement, if you don't currently have that, you got some work to do. Um, the thought that's running through my head is based on your business, your model, I mean, fundamentally, we talk about training, coaching, consulting, you know, services. Uh, and at least the people that I, you know, you see online, um, so the solopreneur movement. Uh, I feel like the the time freedom can look different for different people, and I want to kind of wrap on that for a second because it's something that I'm kind of thinking about because the kind of the the frame that I'll use for, for this is I was listening to this podcast um, by Christo from the future, who's like a big YouTuber who I uh, have gotten to become friends with. And he was interviewing this guy, um, Eamon Al-Abdullah. He's the former CEO for AppSumo. He used to work with Noah Kagan, if that name rings a bell for anyone. And he took AppSumo from 3 million to a hundred million. And from like two, three employees to like one hundred and forty. Employees, and he was kind of talking about because uh, and Chris kind of you know as most podcasters do, you get like the free coaching and this is guy's like a CEO coach now, and the conversation came up about like scaling from you know f- from one million to ten million or really one million to a hundred million and, and it kind of takes a different type of person and and he was talking the the freedom thing came up and it kind of came to well. Everybody doesn't have to do that, nor should everybody try to go to a hundred million or ten million. And he's like, they both actually have cons, and it kind of got me thinking of like, okay, well, right now, like the, the differences in our businesses based off of the recent changes that I've made. Like, I'm back in sales. I'm back in marketing, more so than I was previously. And so, if I were to take a trip, like you just did, we would not make incremental money because I wouldn't be taking sales calls unless I chose to take sales calls while I was there. Um, and I would have had to have my marketing content have all been pre planned and pre batched, which I would say is probably easier than the sales piece. And so while the business can survive without me for a week, multiple weeks in a row of that, I don't. I don't think that is very sustainable. However, the pros to me right now is my profit margins are a lot higher. I'm paying myself a lot more and I still do have a lot of freedom in my schedule. I'm just probably not able to, and this is maybe a general statement, but like I might not be able to make as much money as the person who's in a position like you are, where there's multiple people selling Multiple people on delivery, larger team, things like that. And so it kind of, to bring all this back around, like, what does time freedom mean to you, listener? Like, because what, you know, what you're sharing is just one level of time freedom. And I think if we're, if we're trying to chase someone else's version of time freedom, that could be equally as slippery of a slope as, you know, I'm trying to have, you know, hit, hit the same revenue targets as somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. the solopreneur could have a ton of freedom. They might just not make a ton of as much money as they could, assuming they had a team, but they get different, like a different version of that.
0: So season of life, I think is really important, right? I, I think, and we've talked about this to some extent on the show, at this stage, I don't have much desire to scale in a tangible way. Like, I don't want to double. Uh, I don't want to triple. You know, we're talking about maybe I'd like to grow about, I'd say, 20 to 50%. 50% would be, like, the top end of what I'm looking to get to. And, and <clears throat> not much beyond that. I have no desire to get to $10 million or even high seven figures. You know, I'm trying to stay in that three to $5 million sweet spot for the most part while maximizing time freedom. Mm -hmm. And, and that's true today, largely because I have young children and it's hockey season now, (laughs) (laughs) literally, I got thrown into the deep end, man. This retreat in the the Netherlands was my vacation. And then I got home. I flew in on Monday at noon, Monday night, hockey practice, Tuesday night, hockey practice, Wednesday night, hockey practice. Friday at 8 a.m. tournament all weekend. Like I'm yeah. full-time dad, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just not willing to put in the time required to scale um, because I value my time freedom so much given the season of life that I'm in. Yeah, if I had to bet, I would, I would say probably in about 10 years. It's going to be different. I'm going to have more time. I'm not going to have young kids. And I might look at getting to $10 million and go, heck yeah let's go. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think once my, my circumstances change, um, the way I see my time and, and how I want to spend it is probably going to change. But in this season, mm-hmm. I don't need more. I mean, I like more money. Don't get me wrong. I do not yeah. want to tell the universe. I don't need more money. Yes. I need more yeah. money. I'd like more money. <laughs> right. But I don't have this massive need to scale. Um, yeah. In, and I value my time at this stage more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I think it's um we do this exercise with our clients um I call it the the business lifestyle return. And it's like fundamentally look at your business that you're creating through the lens of your time, your energy and the money. Um what does your schedule look like? Uh how many hours a week are you working? Days, um uh, things like that. Uh and then energy like when you are working, what's your role? Uh what do you what are you spending your time on in those hours? What are the activities that you know need to happen that are not your role? And what sort of people around you do you need to support the the not your role activities? And then assuming you have both of those, what's the minimum amount of money that like the floor that you need to be making to make it all worth it, like to make all of that effort worth it. And when we do this exercise, I always get kind of looks on, Why do we do? Why do we do money last? (laughs) And I said because there's going to be an opportunity that comes to you where you can make more money, but it's going to make you compromise your time or your energy. And if you're always compromising your time and your energy for money, then we lose the thing that most of us got into this thing for, which is the schedule, right? Like we get to control our time, (laughs) and like so that's why I was like, what is the minimum amount of money that you need to be making? with this schedule and this use of your energy to make this thing worth it to the point where you would like, if you could, you do this for the next 25 years and the kind of like aha moments. And even when I did it, I'm like, Hmm, I don't need to be making as much as I, you know, as the internet told me I needed to, (laughs) um, to, to do all, to live the lifestyle that I want, um, and support my family the way that I want. And I also don't need to be working, as many hours as I was working and, or thought I needed to work, uh, which was kind of like a weight off my shoulders back to that, like doing too much. It's like the, uh, we can always fill, you know, fill our calendar with more things that we could be doing to make the business grow. But if we're doing that at the expense of, at least this is the season I'm in, like, like your trip to Belgium, like, I actually think the exponential growth is going to come from me working less and not actually in the business because I'm going to come up with more creative ways to grow the business that don't require me to be working the way that I was working previously. You know, like the, the work smarter, not harder, you know, for a a bad analogy, like you're not going to get those ideas. If you're, you know, working 60 hours a week, you know, back-to-back-to-back activities, never giving your your brain, you know, the opportunity to, you know, marinate on those things.
0: And I 100% not the topic of today's episode, but maybe another one. I came up with the next offer in Belgium. Ooh. Like, I know what my next thing is to work on. Probably not this year, probably to 2024 thing at this stage. I'm still negotiating timelines, but like, I know what my next thing is. I wouldn't have discovered it had I not taken the time and space to go and do something else. I wanted to just say one thing about your, the trade-off and the exercise that you, uh, that you articulated.
1: Mm.
0: I know if I wanted to, I could raise ad spend. I could put myself on the sales team again. I could take 20 sales calls per week, but 20 hours worth of work. And I could add $100,000 a month to my business and $10,000 a month in commissions for myself, plus the profit of the business. And I choose not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean now that i it out loud it sounds kind of appealing right but yeah. but i actively choose at this and i'm reserved the right to change my mind you know you were saying earlier you know you probably couldn't take a week without having an impact on the business right because now you're in sales and you may recall that was me literally three to six months ago yeah yeah i was and so things have been flow i may right. find myself back in sales at some point i may choose to make that decision at some point but yeah you know what i want to drive some revenue. I want to collect some more money for myself. Let me go back into sales, raise ad spend. I may choose to make that decision. And the key here is the freedom to make that decision and to make those choices and to not find yourself forced into having to do things one way
1: or another. That's the goal. Amen to that. Amen to that. And actually, this is a good reference point for those of you that maybe missed the episode where we talked about measurement. Um, You have to know what you're measuring. Like if you didn't have the the wherewithal of, to be able to say, Oh, well, I could add a hundred thousand dollars a month. If I just did this, the, you know, now I'm working 20, like there were literally KPIs and everything you just said that you're like, Oh, well, I actually don't need that. Like I'm choosing not to hit, hit that, to make that my target. And so I think a lot of people probably, if they missed that episode, go, go check that one out. But the I don't want to say this is the kind of like the statement of like, what's enough? Because I don't think it's necessarily as simple as that. But like, if you know how much you need to be making, and you know how many hours you want to be working, and what you want to be working on, those are things that you can strive for. And when you are overworking the hours, or if you're working more than those hours and not making enough, you get to start looking at, well, why? (laughs) Right? Like, and you can start to get to that point. I think part of this that you're able to do this. And where I'm at right now is I, I know the numbers across my schedule and the income that I want to be hitting in this season. And as long as I can keep hitting them, I'm okay. I think most people just keep going and going and going and going harder and harder and harder because they've never even identified what that is in the first place like they've never even identified what time freedom means. It's like, they're just on the chase for seven figures plus or whatever. And it's like, well, did you think about what you want your schedule to look like when you hit seven figures? Because I know when I hit there, when I hit that, it wasn't all that great. Like, I mean the, you know, the arrival fallacy, you know, as they call it, like, okay, well now what? Get back to F and work, <laughs> like, you know?
0: <laughs> so, so here's, Here's a bit of a contrarian viewpoint to that. And I don't, I don't even know. I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't even know what, how I feel about the answer, to be fair, right? Okay. But well, let me make an argument, not a question. Let me make an argument. And I'm just what I'm telling you is I don't know if I believe in the argument, but I'm going to make it. <laughs> Had I slowed down between zero and seven figures and gave myself the space to think about what I actually want... And what time freedom could look like, and whether I was going in the right direction. If I entertain myself too much with those self, you know, the existential questions, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, I would have gotten to seven figures. I think I would have questioned my way out of pushing forward. I think the way that I got to seven figures, not, I, I don't know, maybe not normal, maybe not typical, was like head down, kill yourself for a couple of years, do the work, don't ask a lot of questions, and just get there. And I feel like that's what's afforded me the opportunity to be able to have this conversation now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think you could easily argue both sides of that. Um, whether it's, that's what you were taught or the models that you had all led you to believe that that was the only way or just naivete, you know, like I didn't know any better, you know, like I just thought that was what I was supposed to do. Like, which again, in some ways is a blessing, like, cause you don't overthink, you don't question. I think that there's the, the, I told you, I read that book, um, about like the, uh, wanting, like, how do you know, like, we all want things because of models, things that we see and social media has amplified the number of models that we see, I think because I know where exactly where I met you. The models that we were following, and quite frankly, most of our entire industry were all about scale, 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 scale. There was no one preaching, hey guys, like enjoy your freaking life. You have young kids. Like there's a season. Like that's that wasn't a message like it is now. Like that there is a very clear group of people that are weaving in, you know, scale's actually not all it's cracked up to be if scale means, you know, your family suffers or if your health Mm -hmm. suffers. And I think there's finally some good voices and models to talk about healthy growth, which I, at least personally, never saw when I got started. And so I just wonder if it's, again, kind of that like we didn't know any better because nobody was talking about the alternative and now there's a ton of people that we know that went so hard and are now dealing with legal entities that are now like hey like I should have done it this way like now that I know I would I'm not doing this again and there's a lot of the, a lot more of those voices that like you know the people that are listening to this I don't know like a part of me is like I think you should listen to some of that like If I, if I heard that message, I think I might've, I think I might've welcomed it, you know? Uh, I don't know if that, and, but, and then if that's the case, then like you might've achieved some of these things that you're looking for without ever even having to get to seven figures possibly, you know?
0: Well, I I think part of this speaks to the, uh, the moral responsibility that the you know, consultant, coach, guru, mentor has, which you and I both find ourselves in that position, right? Because yeah, yeah, I think in our last episode, we, we talked about a story of a, of a client of mine who wanted to shut it all down.
1: By and, the way, by the way, I've had tons of our clients say that they love that freaking episode, by the way.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, it's relatable, I imagine, yeah?
1: Yeah, totally, yeah.
0: And so I don't recall if I mentioned this in the episode, but I did say to this client, I said, look, acknowledge my bias. I'm the guy I one heads head down and just push the heck through through all this stuff that you're asking. I didn't give myself time or space to answer these questions. I just pushed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in retrospect, I think it worked out well. I'm not saying there isn't another way. (laughs) And I'm not saying you should do that. But that's my bias. That's what I did. Right. So I think we have the kind of a moral responsibility to our audiences, including the listeners, to to say, look, that's how I did it. It worked for me. I'm not saying that's the only way. I know my way. I don't know other ways. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, my guilty pleasure, if you will, is you know loving to understand how other people do stuff. And I know that there's plenty of people right now with a smaller team making way more money than I'm making <laughs> that I'd argue have a better schedule than I do also. And so it's like, I think I actually now more than ever and and this is something that we do in our program too, like that in many ways has made me growing more difficult is that I don't necessarily prescribe one way, like, because based on certain clients' skills and desires, like the model and their monetization vehicles, um, based off of where they want to get to, uh, make it more customized to them. Yeah. There's a lot of rules and frameworks and stuff like that that could be applicable to everybody but like it's not like a we're not doing like business in a box you know like hey follow this exact playbook and you're going to end up with a ten thousand dollar a month smma agency right like that's not what we're doing which i think a lot of people do to get started and they're like wait a minute i don't even like social media marketing now i have this social media marketing agency you know so Just like you went heads down, I think also in another episode, and I don't know if it was that one, like we talked about if we were getting started over again, we probably at least wouldn't, wouldn't have gone as hard on paid ads as we did when we got started because the game was different than, then that it is now when it comes to paid ads. And it's like, in some ways we were lucky, you know, that we were able to kind of get off the ground with, you know with solely paid ads, for the most part. Um, Whereas like, if I were to get started, now, I would not be starting with paid ads. And like, we don't tell our clients to, it's not the first thing that they should be doing at all. And so but but the wherewithal to say, hey, you know, one size doesn't fit all on this one is, uh, is super important. And again, back to the what time freedom looks like for you. Might look different. Like, we have clients that are like, if I could be making the same amount of money as I'm making now, but go from 80 hours a week to 50, because I love to work, I just don't want to work 80 hours, but like, I'm still willing to work 50 hours. It's like, cool. And then we have other clients who are like, I want to make more and work 20 hours a week. <laughs> it's like, cool. Like, the way that each of you play this game is going to look different. The sacrifices that each of you are going to make to get there are gonna look different. you know. There's not like a one you know, uh, one size fits all.
0: I think that's the thing that, that for a lot of people is exciting, but also somewhat paralyzing. There's You make the rules. You, yeah. you get to decide in this game how much money you wanna make. Even if it doesn't feel that way, you do get to decide that. <laughs> you get to decide yeah. how much you wanna work. You get to decide what you wanna be doing. You get to decide where you wanna be spending your time. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting. And I'm sure in some ways intimidating for people, but you know, that's why we got into business, you know, reminded of Derek Sivers book, anything you want, right. This whole Mm -hmm. idea that you can create your business. It's your world. That's your universe. You get to design it exactly how you want to design it. And you don't need to take anybody else's opinion into consideration. It's your baby.
1: Yeah. Did I ever tell you that story on this podcast about Todd Herman, when he talks about the field of play? Maybe. Do it again. I'm pretty sure it's in his book, Alter Ego Effect. It um, is,
0: yeah.
1: But so Todd, Her- Todd Herman, who wrote Alter Ego Effect, he coached a lot of, you know, famous athletes. Uh, he's behind Kobe Bryant's The Black Mamba, um, that, that guy. He – there was a snippet in that book where he told some performance athlete that coaching entrepreneurs, like executive CEOs, is a lot more difficult. Uh, then the tennis player and he, and the tennis player was like really surprised. And he's like, how, how can, how can that be more difficult? And he goes, well, when you step on the court, there's already a net, the lines are already on the court and you know, the rules of the game, he goes, most entrepreneurs got into business and there were never any lines. They never spent the time to define where those lines are. There's no scoreboard. There's no net and there literally are no rules until you define them. And so you get to step out into this court and just get to do what you do. Most entrepreneurs go out and just start doing without any ideas to how to score, what what's allowed, what's not, because they just never spent the time painting the lines on the ground. And, and like, that's the thing we get to define our field of play. And when... If you or I are playing on different fields, like how can I compare, right? Like my lines are in a different spot than you.
0: Next episode. Coming up next, I'm becoming CEO. How to write the rules of your own game.
1: Oof. Oh, it's gonna be great. Greg, it's I can't gonna wait. It's be great. <laughs> yep. See you next time, guys. <laughs>